Blog Talk Radio. WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal. So, 
got this Andre the Giant Battle Royal going on the past couple years, and we're going to talk about the Battle Royal that happened in WrestleMania 2, which featured Andre the Giant. And it was just a bunch of names thrown in there, kind of like what we're getting with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So we'll talk about that. And just real quick before we get to Raw, um, we have just as far as as far as Impact Wrestling is concerned, um, congratulations to the Wolves winning their um, uh, winning another uh, TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, excuse me, Tag Team Championship reign. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Wolves. They're my favorite tag team in TNA. And I would say probably in my top five favorite tag teams, period. So, big fan of the Wolves. I was a fan of the American Wolves when they were Ring of Honor. They split up, and both of them ended up winning a a World Heavyweight Championship, both Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. I don't know, man. Something about Eddie Edwards that just rings, it just permeates a star to me. I really, I really think so. I mean, there's something about Eddie Edwards that if I was a booker, I would make Eddie Edwards a big, big, big name. And um, they, they tried to in ROH. He was really over, and yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that uh, they gave him, they gave him a world title reign. Um, tried to help him, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll. we'll the thing is with 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 Eddie Edwards, I mean I like I like the the Wolves. I really really like the Wolves, but man, there's just something about Eddie Edwards and NXT that just yeah it just draws it just it just it, it, it equates to money to me so. Maybe that'll happen. It'll be a, it'll be bittersweet to split up the wolves because I think that they will really they they really work so well together. But just Eddie Edwards and NXT would just oh it would spew money. Um, so yeah, that, as far as Impact Wrestling, um, you know, it, it tapes weeks ahead. So we already knew Samoa Joe. There was an announcement of Samoa Joe. Well, he actually tweeted that he's no longer with TNA, but we're still seeing him on TNA. Um, just goes to show how much, how long they have before they tape their shows. I, you know, I've said it before. The thing is with with TNA with Impact Wrestling. You know, I like their uh, their British, their UK tours are usually pretty good. It's usually a good refresher at the beginning of the year. Um, I like what they're doing with Drew Galloway, feuding him with uh, the BDC. I'm cool with it. However, it's like uh, the, the production, the tapings. Uh, I mean, you know, they just announced that Matt Hardy signed a contract because he was, you know, he was not under contract. But it's like, I mean, is that really a big deal anymore? I mean, Matt Hardy. I mean, kudos to Matt Hardy for still making some good money in the Indies. And and just really, you know, rebounding very well after being let go from the WWE. Uh, he really kind of wanted to be let go anyways. But it's like, <sighs> TNA, that's not, it's getting to the point where TNA is not being, it's not so exciting to join. It's not really a revolutionary product. Like ROH, 
great product, great matches, great names being added to the roster. Of course, Alberto El Patron, of course, Samoa Joe, and just, you know, so many amazing up-and-comers like Hanson, like Cedric Alexander, like ACH, uh, you know, Matt Seidel back with uh, with Spring of Honor. So, so many amazing names, um, Donovan uh, 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 Dijak, uh, you know, as far as the top prospect tournament. We saw that uh, uh, last week. And so, yeah, it's just so many good names in, in ROH. But as far as TNA is concerned, it's like, meh, BDC, meh. You know, Kurt Angle back in the fold, meh. You know, Bobby Lashley as champ is a good idea, but anything else, meh. Just not really exciting as far as TNA is concerned. And and people know that I've been a TNA apologist. I, I was a TNA apologist for a long time. Um, not so much on this show, but, uh, I really was I really was a TNA apologist for a long time. I would talk to my friends. I would promote TNA and say, hey, you know, you guys need to watch TNA and, you know, really need to uh, get hit to the show. It's a good alternative. But, I mean, these three-week tapings and uh, it's not necessarily about – it's not necessarily about being at the same venue because NXT shows that – it's not about being in the same venue because, you know, they've developed an amazing product. NXT actually went better being in one venue because we would see NXT tapings before, you know, Raw and before SmackDown, and the NXT that we would see for for many years would be just mat, just taping matches before Raw and SmackDown. So it's much, much better you know, now, you know, not not to knock, you know, Derek Bateman and um you know, when 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 uh, other people like when when Titus Titus O'Neil was there, when Darren Young was there, um, you know, uh, uh Jacob Novak, Eli Cottonwood, you know, names like that when they were there, it wasn't as exciting because the product wasn't developed very good very well but now full cell university got the intimate crowd and it's it's been remarkable ever since they they you know decided to go to one venue and so it's not a it's not a venue issue it's it's more of a production issue we're taping things 3 weeks ahead and expecting people to be excited about watching the product but the dirt sheets are they run rampant now we know what's going to happen three weeks beforehand. And even with ROH, ROH isn't really spoiled so much in our dirt sheets because not a lot of dirt sheets heavily cover ROH product. So ROH still has that advantage um, of, you know, you, you, you've you got tapings, you you know, you've got spoilers, but ROH still has a slight advantage over, over TNA because they're not heavily covered as much as TNA is. TNA is, you know, the number two promotion in, in, in America, so to speak. And with that, they're going to get the spoilers. People are going to know what's going to happen, you know, weeks before. So, you know, that, that's my gripe with, 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 with TNA. Um, uh, good, good comment here on the chat room. TNA is a could have been product. I totally agree with that. Um, 
totally agree with that, and and, and followed by it's still a sinking ship. Unfortunately, it, unfortunately, I see I don't see any type of rebounding when they went over to Destination America. You know, there was so there was so much buzz because they, they took a few weeks off. They ended like like weeks of like best ofs. You know, it, it was it was a it was a buzz going around with TNA, and then, and then you know when they had Low Key turn, when they had Samoa Joe turn, when they had Eric Young turn, all in one night. It was a little bit of buzz going around with that, but eh, after that, it just typical TNA, you know. Um, another comment: I know maybe eleven people to have Destination America, and I've said that before. You know, Destination America, I can. If TNA really wanted to spend their money in, in a productive way, I would have live events galore. I mean, they tried it before. It was I'm sure they they probably lost a lot of money, but they would do it at different venues. Um and I would have live events or I would have like a big live event kind of like an NXT format what they do you know they have you know 3 4 weeks of even longer 3 4 6 weeks of of tapings and then you know a big show you know every quarter or so uh every 2 to 3 months at least and so you know I, I like that idea it's it's cool it still works the product is so good that they're they can get away with that but because they're such still they still have like an underground feel to them but I mean, even when ECW, ECW was taped and upon taped upon taped, but it still worked because they had like an underground feel to them. TNA, and I, it's funny because when Matt Taven, when we talked to Matt Taven uh, on the show, uh, it, it was one of those things that we, we we were just talking about how it's it's kind of it's kind of rough for TNA now because. It's kind of like a backwards move. Like they they're trying to go underground by having shows at the Manhattan Center. You know, usually shows at the Manhattan Center it helps TNA when it's there, but it still it feels so out of place to me because TNA is not a Manhattan Center product. It's not NXT possibly ROH absolutely even Lucha Underground I would say. Because that still has that underground, intimate feel to it, but TNA, no. I mean, they've they've marketed themselves for so long as being the number two product, being the 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 big, you know, number two show that even for a while competed Monday on you know Mondays with with Raw. That was ballsy, but it's like now you're trying to backtrack to kind of get back into that intimate feel. But you're almost 13 years old, and people are just starting to say, "Eh, we're just not, we're just not buying it." So, I mean, I want TNA to thrive. I want them to succeed. But it just, what we see is just not going to cut it. And as far as fans are concerned, as far as fans are concerned, from a unanimous standpoint, at least a lot of people that I've that I've talked to, it's like. They're just not interested because there's nothing exciting. There's nothing that will spice up, um, you know, the the nothing nothing that really spices up the show. So 
very sad, very unfortunate. Like I said, I really, really want them to succeed. I really, really want them to succeed. So, but we get what we get, and uh, you know that's what we get. So, speaking of what we get, what we get is the best co-host in the on the planet. Derek is in the house. Hey, I'm here. Tuesday night Titans, pancakes, and power slams. I'm Derek. I'm here with Chris Featherstone. As you know, this is the pancakes and power slams, 90 minutes, never enough. And that was a really great rant you went on about TNA. And I, Thank you. TNA just does not, will not recover from us. I really don't. And again, Destination America, the people that have Destination America, didn't even know they had Destination America. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. They really don't. They have to surf through the channels, and it might be like number 928 or something, you know. So, yeah, that was the only TV deal they could really get, and so they had to take it, and it's really not going to do a whole lot for them. But, again, we don't know. I mean, they've lasted this long, so we'll keep that going. But ROH is definitely the more refined, polished product that uh, would attract a young indie wrestler and, like, say, okay, I want to I want to start out in ROH or – I don't know it'll start mm-hmm. out, but at least start, you know, really earning my ranks in ROH, and you know, and then take it from there. The next step would be, of course, NXT and WWE, but it's not going anywhere. So, I mean, it's great that we can talk about things like this on Pancakes and Power Slams, because where else are you going to hear it? It's the truth. So let's keep yeah. this thing going. A whole lot didn't happen on Raw last night, so we need to uh, we need to really make some great topics tonight. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Raw uh, just didn't really cut the mustard that much for me. Um, you know, we 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 got uh, Orton shining, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And of course, we got trivia coming up. So, ladies and gentlemen, Raw is coming up real soon. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three, our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby Eaton, me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking shit, you are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back, we rep 
keeping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power on. On the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Baptist with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it, fix the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Raw starts off with Randy Orton walking to the ring, welcomed by the authority. Um, and the, the the promo that he cut was really funny, actually. And I was thinking, like, are you guys going to just kind of spoil it here? Is this the culmination of the, the, the Orton turn, you know, face turn? And when he said, you know, I'm just kidding, I was like, okay, well, at least we have – some kind of promise, and, and the thing is, when I when I saw that the main event was going to be Roman Reigns against Randy Orton and, and, Seth, and Seth Rollins, I mean, it was that was the most obvious setup for a turn that anyone could ever have. But I was intrigued to see how it was going to it was going to map out. But you know, the promo that we saw in the beginning, you know, uh, Orton kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He kind of got upset uh, throughout the throughout the promo, and uh, he was, you know, a, a bit uh, vulgar in his in his uh, <laughs> choice of words. And I was like, "Hey, this is the eight o'clock hour. I'm surprised they let that uh, go by." So very interesting and uh, very heelish promo from Orton. And I will say this, you know the. The super cheesy, uh, you know, get you know, brow up the crowd, baby face Orton. You know, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of. But this kind of apex predator, still, a, you know, he, he gets cheered, but he still does heelish things. I, I mean, I can, I can deal with that, Randy Orton. I, and I haven't been an Orton guy. As long as I know, I mean, I, I was probably very small pockets that I liked Orton, um, but I've never really been an Orton guy. But uh, I, I, mean, I can see this kind of resurgence of Randy Orton working, uh, just because, just because he's not as stale. When, when he was a babyface before, he turned heel. What it was SummerSlam of 2013, so uh, you know, a year and a half ago. Um. It worked, and I think that uh, it was a good way to not be stale. Um, now, I think, you know, being a, a heel for over a year and a half, I think that it kind of refreshed us because him being a face was uh, was, was stale too. So, uh, and him being a heel got real stale as well. So, Randy Orton's the type of character that, you know, if he's if he's face or heel for a long time um yeah it it's uh <laughs> it, 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 he just kind of has to continue to to make 
you know, frequent turns or different type of changes in his character. Otherwise, he gets pretty stale. So I'm okay with the move. I think I'll like Orton for a second at, uh, at this point. Yeah, I totally agree with that because I mean, again, he gets boring after so long. But I'm on the I'm on the RKO train right now, and I think it's going to be the way it's going to be for a while because that's all what they do with Randy Orton. But I mean, when he does it, he does it well. But again, it does it gets so stale after a while. And so it's almost what can this guy do to keep us liking him throughout his whole career, pretty much, um, whether he's heel or face. But the, the face turn he's doing now, again, he's kind of smirking and doing heel things, but you can see he's really, he's made his turn now. But again, I saw an article that said, like, you know, but who cares? So, that's what you want to say. I want to enjoy it, but again, in the long run, who cares? Yeah. So, uh, I totally agree. You know, and like I said before, you know, I think at this point there's no there's no choice there's no other option whatsoever but for Orton to put uh, Rollins over at at uh, WrestleMania. I really don't see any other option but that to happen. There will be absolutely no point for Randy Orton to beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And like I said, you know, I, I can care less who wins, really, you know, to from a personal standpoint, but from a booking standpoint, Absolutely. There's no no doubt in my mind that Randy Orton should put Seth Rollins over, especially if they're booking him as the future, especially if they're booking him as the you know, money the bank winner. Um, you know one thing I don't want to see at WrestleMania is Randy Orton beat Seth Rollins because if Randy Orton beats Seth Rollins, that is all but an omen that Rollins will cash in the money in the bank and you know that then there we go. So I really don't want to see that. I don't want to see Rollins cashing in at uh, at WrestleMania. I'd rather have that Raw after WrestleMania or even Extreme Rules. But the thing is if you want to protect the Roman Reigns character and if you really want to make Seth Rollins a heel, you still don't want to do that cash in after WrestleMania because usually that's what happens, you know, you get the you get the big Cheers! The raw, you know, the raw after WrestleMania, whoever cashes it. So WWE really has some work to do to to make sure the characters are being protected. Otherwise, I mean, your your booking is going to go awry. Uh, you know, believing that it's going something's going to trying to protect characters, your booking is going to go awry. So let's really hope that. You know they they make the good decisions and the right decisions as far as that concerned. Trivia question on deck. Trivia question on deck. First it goes to to Derek, the Pancakes and Power Slams co-host. So here we go. A, B, C, or D. How many total championships? Has Edge won in WWE? Less than 15. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to wait for this question. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wait for this question because it's. Uh, I'm going to have some people ponder ponder to it. I'm going to ask the question again. How many total championships of Edge won in WWE? 
less than A, less than 15, B, between 15 and 29, C, between 31 and 40, or D, over 40. Don't say it yet. Don't say it yet. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that because I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, we're going to <laughs> just have people ponder on that. So next we have Daniel Bryan defeating Bad News Barrett. And this is one thing I don't like about this this happening. Bad News Barrett losing time, you know, every match. It just really seems like he's going to win the ladder match, and that all of this would be for not. Bad News Barrett wins the ladder match to me. Bad News Barrett has done nothing with the Intercontinental Championship. Every single, he, I think it's like five-time champion right now. He's not made it relevant none of the times that he's won. And so at this point, you know, he's had it for two months. That's a long enough Intercontinental title reign for him because he hasn't done anything with it. I mean, Daniel Bryan or Dean Ambrose are, are really the two that really – those are the two that really need to, to to really involve themselves or really win the championship. Uh, and then, you know, Stardust is involved. We, we saw it on SmackDown when he attacked Daniel Bryan at the end of the show. And uh, I love the fact – I'm an R-Truth guy. I love the fact that R-Truth's involved. I think he's a solid worker. You know, even – first of all, he's going to be featured on a WrestleMania match, and he's going to get a nice WrestleMania pay. So he's not going to win the title, but that's a win for me as far as R-Truth is concerned. But Stardust, you spend this, you spend this past couple months having Goldust and Stardust feud with each other just to have them have a throwaway match at a new pay-per-view. And Goldust came out a couple times and kind of, you know, assisted Cody and kind of distracted Cody and had him lose just to have us forget about that and have Stardust in the ladder match. I think that is a horrible idea. The only way that that can be redeemed as if Goldust is in the match. That's it. That's the only way that it can be redeemed. I don't want either of them in the match, but if you're going to have Stardust in the match, why don't you have why aren't you having Goldust in the match if Goldust beat Stardust last month? It's just crazy, weird, confusing booking to me that I totally don't understand. I don't either. I was outraged by it. I don't like it. As far as the ladder match, I just want the four contenders, you know. Put our truth in there. You know he's not going to win. But, I mean, he's, again, a solid performer. He can pretty, he can carry a match. And uh, against Ziggler, Ambrose, and Barrett. And uh, to have Stardust in there, stupid. He's in the middle of a great feud, I believe. It's got family in it. That always brings up extra emotions when you see the two carrying on and, you know, insulting each other and attacking each other. So why not? Make that the WrestleMania. I've been great for Goldust to go out. But what are we going to do? Are we going to see Goldust again? Is that it? He just went out with a whimper? I mean, I would totally discuss it. I hate that idea. And it just, I don't like it at all. Stardust has no business being in this match at all. Yeah, totally agree. I, uh, that's frustrating, too. I mean, like, even if. <laughs> Even if they would have said this, even if they would have said if if Goldust would have beat Stardust and and you know he would have really just beat 
the brakes, beat the tar out of Stardust on Fastlane, and all of a sudden we see Cody Rhodes back, uh, you know, and involved that way. I would have been a lot more privy to accept the fact that he's in the Intercontinental Championship match. But not only did you lose at Fastlane, you lost like a time or two after Fastlane because of help from, from Goldust, and that still allows you to be in the World Championship match. Oh, absolutely no sense to me. Totally, totally, totally ridiculous, and I, I, I totally don't understand that. Makes no sense at all. Next, we have Paul Heyman cutting a promo again this week. And, uh, man, I really think that the promos that he cut are fantastic. He, I mean, he's he's amazing on the mic. There's no question in the world that he's amazing on the mic. And, but I mean, and he's, he does a fantastic, uh, fantastic job of putting someone over. Question, you know, no question about it. However, I mean, the guy really seems like he is going to just keel over. Every time he's on the mic, he just, I'm like, I feel sorry for him these days. I'm like, dude, catch your breath. Get an oxygen mask. Take take a few exhales. Do something because, I mean, you're just about to faint. And it's like, it's like his, his face gets all just... Uh, infused, and it's like, dude, you, you just need to breathe a little when you cut these promos. And, I mean, the, he was shooting from the hip, as he would say, and he made some good, you know, he alluded to to some interesting things. He talked about UFC. That was very interesting. His mic got, quote-unquote, cut off, uh, you know, a couple times. But, you know, the UFC reference was good. Saying Brock Lesnar owns the title was good. He was trying, you know, he was doing his best to get the heel heat in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a very smarky crowd. So, you know, he was doing his best to get the heel heat uh, from, from, from Pittsburgh. You know, Heyman being Heyman, he did he did his best he can, and it was, it was okay. I mean, I did hear some boos. But it's like... These promos should be for the sole purpose of putting Roman Reigns over, period. And, I mean, and he he did what he did. He did a decent job. I mean, the promo cutting was amazing, but just the fact that he didn't really get Roman Reigns over as much as he should, I'm like, man, I, I don't want to hear promos that just, you know, Basically glorifies Brock Lesnar. We've heard we've heard so many of those promos in the past couple of years. It's been ridiculous. So we get it. We get that you're his advocate. We get that he's your client. We get that he's the beast. We get that he's the one in the twenty-one and one. We get we get it. We get that he's you know the reigning, defending, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. You know I get it. I get it. But it's like nowadays Roman Reigns is getting booed. You know, he's not really he's not getting like crazy booed as he did at the Royal Rumble. It's starting to die down a little bit. But hey, push Roman Reigns with your promos instead of just glorify Brock Lesnar. He didn't he didn't he didn't lead any more glorifying and yeah, let's let's just let's just spend more time with 
putting over Roman Reigns with your promos. Uh, yeah, and he started out doing that. And but again, I mean, Paul Heyman just—he's got like a broken record as of lately. And I mean, that pretty much is yeah. That's what you said. It's just the same promo every time. Every time, really great. They're very passionate. I mean, he screams it. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's going to kill over with a heart attack. But uh, <laughs> but Brock Lesnar just stands there, and that's what Brock's supposed to do. But Brock just hasn't done anything lately. He's just. Yeah, you know, that's almost like Brock's coming out of Raw tonight. It's a big deal, you know. Yeah. Paul Heyman's mouth yeah. just be just good without Brock, and it's you know Brock needs to do something. He needs to say something, be active, beat somebody up. I mean, just make yourself known. If you just stand there and let Paul Heyman do the thing, then you don't need to be there. Period. And uh, yeah. it's almost come to that. But when he is there again, it just it doesn't draw the same excitement that it did maybe eight nine months ago. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a passe thing. So we'll we'll see what happens with it. He should be pumping Roman Reigns, but again, he he has to be the advocate for who he's promoting. Reigning, defending, Brock Gordon Is that your Gordon Gordon Soley? <laughs> yeah, Gordon Soley, man. A that that was like I said before, man. It was something about Soley. That's uh yeah, good good question on here. All Brock does is smile and nod anymore. <laughs> we are wrestling dot net live uh stream. Be sure to head over there if uh if you're not already. Um anyone who's not uh in the we are wrestling dot net stream who's listening to this live through PWmania.com dot com or Bleacher Report or any other uh venues that I, I work for. Uh, go over to wearewrestling.net and go to the Pancakes and Power Slams live stream. It's always a very, very fun uh, chat there. We have a lot of uh, good wrestling people, good good, uh, good people who are knowledgeable in wrestling who um, surprise me with their knowledge of answering my trivia questions because I try to, you know, I ask some difficult ones. I kind of ask some easy ones, you know, just to – you know, just to wet people's appetite, but uh, you know, I've, I've brought I've brought some uh, some some hard, some heavy hitters in the past few weeks, and uh, been pretty impressed with the answers. So, like I said, heavy hitters. The question on deck is how many total championship how many total championships have Edge won in the WWE? A less than fifteen. B between fifteen and twenty nine. C between thirty one and forty. Or D, over 40. Which one is the correct one? Next we have Eric Rowan and Ryback defeating Kane and Big Show. Uh, This match was so disturbing to me. Not because of the match itself. Because they are totally abusing and misusing Ryback again. And the reason why I say abusing is because he is such a good hand. He's the Phoebe Moore chance is so infectious. It's an easy chant to have. It's so just organic that you know he's over. The guy's over. People like Ryback. Why not have him be that person who's John Cena instead of John Cena? At the, and I've said this so many. I've said this many episodes before. John Cena does not need a Rusev rub at all, at 
all. Ryback needs to be that guy. And it's so funny. I don't, you know, call it a coincidence that Ryback and Rusev were starting a feud for the U.S. title. That was abruptly cut off for John Cena. Remember a couple, a few years ago, the Royal Rumble, when John Cena won, who was the runner-up? The big guy. And so, I don't know. I mean, call it a coincidence. Call it whatever you want. But this is the this is the second time that John Cena has stepped in front of Ryback. And, oh, and even, I mean, not really the third time, because when John Cena and Ryback feuded, Ryback didn't get any type of, you know, rub from John Cena. Not at all. I mean, they had the last man standing match, and they both couldn't get up. And then they had a match after that, and John Cena won. So, John, I mean, you talk about you talk about burying, and I, I really don't like using that word that much. Uh, good good comment here on Real Wrestling Net chat, uh, the live stream. They had him coming out to Rowan's theme. You can literally hear a pin drop, and that's the thing with that's the thing with 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 Eric Rowan. I like. Uh, I like Eric Rowan. He has the ability to become a nice, uh, a good, solid character. But his music is horrible. Why in the world would I want to get behind someone that has the worst, most uninviting, most uninteresting music that you could ever have in the WWE? And how... his music just spews jobber to me. And it's like, ah, absolutely horrible. And I want to get behind Eric Rowan, but the WWE is doing such a horrible job uh <laughs> giving me the giving me the <laughs> Eric Rowan's theme song Ingram's ear cancer. That's that's hilarious. But it's like the WWE is doing nothing for Nothing to get me behind Eric Rowan. As much as I want to, they're they're just absolutely failing at it. Eric Rowan's been a lame duck for a long time. As far as with the John Cena and against um, Rusev, they have nothing else to do with Cena. Honestly, Cena should just go away for a while. He should have uh, went away after you know Brock Lesnar beat him. You know, even and just. Disappear. I mean, people forget about you. I mean, you've been around for a long time. Again, they just don't know what to do with him. So he, he did what Hogan did. He hogs the spotlight from people that should, they should be more focused on. But they still have John Cena, who still, people are going to chant his name before a lot of people's name. But they don't let people, they don't let the superstars get that chance because they keep John Cena around. Let John Cena rest for a while. I mean, he'll be a much bigger product when he comes back and makes a big return. They yeah. Not even SummerSlam, Survivor Series, maybe in Royal Rumble next year. Just let him go away. After WrestleMania, let him simmer. Yeah, or even or even give him the opportunity to put someone over because, I mean, yeah, he lost to to he lost to Rusev at Fastlane, but it's like, what is that really going to lead to? Is he, you know, is that really going to lead to John Cena getting his big moment? If Rusev beats John Cena, 
I, I'm totally fine with that. And I've said this many times before. There's nothing that could happen to bury John Cena. John Cena is almost – he's just about invincible in the WWE. He's at, he has 15 title reigns and multiple other titles in the WWE. And it's like there, you just can't there, – there's nothing that can be done to sabotage the name of John Cena. So if he beats if he beats if he loses to Rusev the next five times, that still won't do anything to John Cena. But it's like I still don't see that happening though. I I don't see him getting. I still don't. At this point, he needs to give Rusev the rub. If they don't want if they want if they want to save Rusev getting pinned for After Mania, which makes no sense because he's been with the company for a long. Uh, a long, a long enough time to get his first loss at WrestleMania. But if they want to save that, okay. But do not let John Cena be the first person to beat Rusev. Oh, that would just be absolutely horrible. Uh, thirty, he says thirty titles under his belt. That's the question. That's the answer that I have, Derek. What do you have? A, B, C, or D? A less than fifteen. B between 15 and uh, 29, C between 31 and 40, uh, D over 40. Uh, I mean, C. Yes, correct. Good job. Uh, how many? I believe it was uh, 31, if I'm correct. Oh, Derek with his uh, game face on today. Yes, Edge has held 31 championships. How about that? Next question is, who popularized the 24-7 rule? Who popularized the 24-7 rule? Um, Derek, you can't say it yet. <laughs> if we give or, Tweet at Crave Wrestling or, of course, the WeAreWrestling.net live stream. Uh, at 12 o'clock, we're going to give you our big announcement of the the guest host for the three-year anniversary is coming up soon, so be sure to check that out. Crash Holly, good job. I knew that that was going to be easy. Next question is, who were the members of the BWO? Who were the members of the BWO? And as the lead member would say, we're taking over. Next, we have AJ defeating Summer Rae. Eh. Or even before the Eric Rowan Ryback, they, even before the AJ Summer Rae match, we had Stephanie McMahon telling Kane and Big Show to leave the building. Uh, it was interesting why they did that, but at the end of the at the end of the night, it made sense. But uh, again, that makes absolutely it just uh, just Kane to Big Show. Them two and then, like, Ryback and Eric Rowan, just waste of talent, man. Big Show and Kane should go. <laughs> That's pretty much unanimous. But, I mean, you've got Ryback and Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan being – they can be utilized so much better, without question. AJ Lee defeating Summer Rae. This match could have – this match could have came or gone. I mean, really, it just – uh, I I don't get it. I why why in the world is AJ Lee and Paige against the Bella Twins going to be a WrestleMania match? I just it should be Paige's moment at WrestleMania. 
at this point, if you know they were going to build around Naomi, which I think would have been a good job, Paige is a bit more over than Naomi is. If you're going to build the women's division, start building it around someone. That's why Lita was so over. That's why Trish was so over. That's why people like uh, Melina was so over, because they built the division around them when they you know they they were the the top people in the division especially Lita and Trish and it's like at this point of time this is when even uh even Eve Torres when she was uh, real big in the in the women's division but it's like at this point now you need to pick that next person the Bellas is just a no no they they've been around for you know 7 8 years now no, no, no. Don't build around them. Start now. Build the Divas division around someone. Trish was so green in the ring when they built around her, but they still had so much stock in her. They had so much belief in her that she became arguably the best diva that ever stepped foot in the in the WWE ring. So start now and and this state of this stage of Paige's career, at this age, can run circles around Trish Stratus. Can run circles around Lita. So now's the time to build Paige and to build her as the person. She's over. She's a fantastic wrestler. She's very charismatic. She has all the checks on the checklist. Now's the time to build around a single person to make it work. That's why NXT is over so much because they're building it around Sasha Banks because she's only, what, 22 years old. And they're starting young. They're doing a fantastic job. They they built it around Charlotte for a while, too. You know, Sasha Banks and Charlotte had a fantastic match. It was the daggone main event of last week's NXT. Uh, she's 20. She just turned 23, Sasha Banks did. It was the main event of NXT, so that goes to show how much they are putting stock in the women's division in NXT. And speaking of NXT, I attended the uh, the event at the Arnold Classic last week. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, uh, probably next week uh, as far as the Arnold Classic concern. concern. But check out my uh, check out my article in the Bleacher Report. Has a ton of pictures. Has a Finn Balor entrance video. Um, just tons of stuff that we'll talk about um, next week when you have a little bit more time. But, yeah, now is the time to, to just build around uh, Sasha Banks and uh, built around um, uh, Paige. Absolutely. So uh, I just I just totally don't understand. Totally, totally, totally don't understand. So, But now is the time, though. Otherwise, it's just going to be more Bellas, more just draining Bellas that just sucks my life away when I see them on TV. I I, I just really don't understand what the point is as far as having the Divas uh, on NXT right now. Just The, the, the Bellas is a total waste of time. It's totally draining me. Uh, now it's time to build a round page. Hey, can you hear me? Absolutely. Oh, okay, loud and clear. Wonderful. Hey, yeah, 
the thing that WWE is doing now is they're just catering to the to the E program. They're making the divas these prissy, stuck up cheerleaders, and it's absolutely horrible. I totally agree with everything you're saying about Paige, and that you got Sasha Banks. They're building around her. This needs to be Paige's turn. The divas division was awesome in the early aughts, late 90s. I mean, they, it was interesting. You liked it. I loved Lita. I loved Tori Wilson. I loved Trish Stratus. They were all. I mean, Jacqueline, Sable, forget about it. It was absolutely, it was great. It was something to watch. It was interesting. It was fun. It's horrible now. I mean, they're just, they're not performers. I mean, I honestly don't think that. A lot of, some of them are. I mean, you got Italia, you got Paige, AJ Lee performed, the Bellas and the rest of them, Summer Rae, they're all just, they're all pretty girl cheerleaders. And again, the WWE catering to their to their e-network show and they're bringing that in the wrestling i mean that's all they're doing and it makes for a lousy product in the divas division and i'll say that forever totally totally uh interesting comment here the great Kali wants to return to wwe and defeat undertaker wrestlemania i saw that interview that that's uh <laughs> yeah i saw the the report in that interview that he had um in india He'll be back in the states here in a couple of weeks, and he said that he's uh, in good shape and healthy enough to return to the WWE. And it just reminded me of Judgment Day of 2006. So I had to re, I just had to just muster up enough energy to watch that match again, uh, the match that he just totally just annihilated the Undertaker. And he chopped him a couple times, and he pinned him with his foot. I mean, can't nobody ever say that The Undertaker don't put anyone over. Because the dude's lost to Vladimir Kozlov on a SmackDown, and he's lost to the great Khali at Judgment Day via foot pin. So, oh, man, I just... Oh, that was just absolutely, absolutely horrible. Just, just terrible, terrible, terrible. Just night in in pro wrestling history of Great Khali and the Great. I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I don't dislike the Great Khali, but it's like, oh, I, 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 I just don't understand why. They just made him just a sideshow. I, I just don't understand it. I, I, I don't mind. I didn't mind him being a, a baby face, but just a sideshow. Yeah, I, I really don't know exactly what I wanted from the Great Khali because the, the the heel run that he had when he first came was just it was weird too. So. I mean, I understand that, you know, he he's from India. You know, he reaches the Indian market. I get it, and and I'm okay with that. But something, I mean, maybe he could have been a tag team champion with someone, you know, with the, with someone who actually could wrestle. And that's how you draw the Indian crowd. When, he, when, we, when they have shows in India a few years back, he could have been tag team champion with someone who could wrestle, and that's how you draw the market. I mean, that's... That's what I would have done, but just how they booked him for so long of his career, this was absolute trash. Then we get to the Sting vignette. Before we talk about the Sting vignette, five minutes towards uh, five minutes away uh, before the big announcement, 
And the next question, uh, it has not been answered. How about that? Who were the members of the BWO? Again, who were the members of the BWO? Interesting comment here that we are uh, in the uh, in the uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room. Remember Kurgan and the True Commission. <laughs> oh man, I actually wrote an article about. Uh, them, uh, Blue Mini, Stevie Richards, uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room. Um, yes, that's that's uh, that's what two thirds, right? So that's uh, you're, you're missing you're missing one person. Blue Mini and Stevie Richards is two out of three, so you're sixty seven percent right. Um, yeah, as far as Kurgan and, and the Truth Commission is concerned. Oh yeah, I, I really don't have enough time to talk about Kurgan and the Truth Commission. I I wrote an article about that. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about maybe bring that up. Whoever commented on the Blog Talk Radio chat room, bring that back up another day, and we'll talk about it. We just, I just really don't have enough time to talk about the Truth Commission because uh, I remember them from the days of USWA, and just oh, we're, we're going to talk about that another time. Um, Interesting comment uh, on the WeAreWrestling.net live stream. He would have had to be with someone who could wrestle and talk. Yep, I agree. Um, I don't know who would have been a good um, hand uh, answered down below. Yes, yes, absolutely. Hollywood Nova. Good job. And Hollywood Nova ended up being who in the WWE? That's a uh, a question to throw out at you. Hollywood Nova ended up being who in the WWE, and who was his accomplice? How about that? Who did Hollywood Nova end up being in the WWE, and who was his accomplice? So there's your there's your uh, uh, quick trivia question there. All right, so the Sting vignette. I just... I loved it. I absolutely 1,000% loved it. When they said Sting speaks, I'm like, oh, no, don't do it. I do not want to see Sting cut a promo. I've said this many times. Do not have him hold a mic. No, no, no. I I, I will just continue to say this until it becomes trademark, a Chris Featherstone trademark. There are two types of people that still are over with the crowd. There are two types of baby faces that are still over with the crowd. One, the underdog baby face, and two, the the baby face that still that has mystique. And both of those are tried and true baby faces that will still be over. Give Sting the mystique. Keep it. Do not have him talk. Do not have him cut a regular TNA promo. Do not do it. I love the vignette because the voice was altered. It was like Ole Anderson all over again. The Black Scorpion back in, what, 1990 with with Ric Flair, 91 with the Black Scorpion. And so just altering the the in the vignette, it was it, it wasn't necessarily some just ridiculous pointless interview. It was absolutely 100% the right way to go. And I keep saying, this is one of the best builds that they have had in a number of years. I totally love this build. 
Yeah, it's a great build. I'm getting used to it. It's not so bad after all. I mean, again with the, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to decipher what. Uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of hard to decipher. Uh, but it, it's one of those things that it, it's okay that he's that that he was talking, um, but at the same time, it's it, it, it's it, it, it's one of those things that is it, it's if if he wanted to not talk, it would have been okay. But since they do, uh, you know, usually nowadays with WWE, someone has to talk for some reason. So since they want to do that, having a vignette of that nature would have, you know, it was absolutely perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's twelve o'clock. So we'll be right back with the uh, big announcement. Here we go. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Three-year anniversary show, April 7th. Ladies and gentlemen, the guest host for the three-year anniversary show is going to be none other than, drum row, the Patriot Dell Wilkes, ladies and gentlemen. The Patriot Dell Wilkes, the, one of the most controversial interviews interviewers that we've seen in the past you know, 10 years or so. This guy has a lot to say, and I'm really excited about uh, having him on the three-year anniversary show, legendary Patriot Dell Wilkes, GWF, WCW, WWE. Oh, I, I'm really, really excited. I got to talk to him on the phone probably about a month ago or so and had a good conversation with him. He's really excited about uh, interviewing. And he and the, and the crazy thing is I really had to dig deep uh, to get this interview uh, and and I'm really excited because you know he he stopped interviewing for for a number of years, um, you know just because he was so controversial he wanted to just kind of separate himself from the the controversy that he stirred up. Um, but you know we're gonna we're gonna have a fantastic interview. There's gonna be so much to cover with with the Patriot Del Wilkes, uh, including you know. You know, uh, this this is time in GWF, his time in WWE, his time in WCW, um, just the Patriot name, so much stuff to talk about. So the three-year anniversary, April 7th, be sure to tune in. The Patriot Del Wilkes will be the guest host for the show, and I am absolutely uber, uber, uber excited and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful show. So be sure to be sure to uh, tune in. Do not miss the Patriot Del Wilkes as the guest host for the um, the three anniversary. Interesting comments he had was these tag team with Marcus Bagwell and WCW. He originally had Kurt Angle's music in WWE. Sure did, and just I mean. Hit, 
I was a big Patriot fan in the GWF. I just, I just really was. It was something about the Patriot that just, I mean, he had the, he had the look, he had the physique. He was, he, you know, he was, a, he was in a mask, uh, and just the patriotic feel that he had back in, you know, the early '90s. You know, me as uh, me being a kid in the in the '90s, uh, um, you know, kid to teenager, um, just the 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 uh the, the popularity that the Patriot had in GWF was absolutely phenomenal and just just the the tenure that he had, you know, um even even his AWA days and so yeah, he was the, the, the trooper in in the uh in the AWA. So just just his his AWA days, his WCW days, um and just his um, just all of his, you know, time in the WWE, feuding with Bret Hart, probably one of the, um, when, when the, when Bret Hart was probably the, the most hated heel, um, he was feuding, other than Shawn Michaels, the, the Patriot was a, was a big feud for him during that time. And so really interesting, really, really excited about the interview. It's going to be a fantastic time. I'm really excited, Derek. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Sorry, folks, I had a Paul Heyman moment. Uh, Mike cut out. We've got bad weather here in the Buckeye State. But, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to have somebody like the Patriot, Del Wilk on here. I mean, I was blown away. I remember it was a couple months ago at least. Uh, Chris texted me and told me he was going to be on the show. I just, I did somersaults. I was so excited. And, uh, just, I mean, the memories, AWA, WCW, my favorite, of course, which I'm sure just about everybody, was his tenure in the WWE as a Patriot, I mean, I, it was phenomenal. I mean, he feuded with Bret Hart at his moment, at his uh, biggest heel time. He tag-partnered with Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was just an up-and-comer yep. and he wasn't really established yet. With Shawn Michaels when he was, a, you know, he was a heel, but uh, to the Canadian crowd, he was a heel. I mean, it was USA against Canada. It was such an awesome setup. They had flag matches. I mean, and again, I was like, you know, 10th. 10th, 11th grade, I ate that up with a spoon. It was so exciting. Monday Night Raw was was like Christmas every Monday night. So excited, couldn't wait. Everyone talked about the next day. You had other people talking about Nitro, but I was a I was a WWE through and through. Always have been, but great times and uh, Patriot just really he came into the WWE at the best time. Yep. Didn't leave a huge mark, but everybody remembers him that watched him. Absolutely, and he and he left. Uh, he didn't win any championships in the WWE, but uh, he got pretty close uh, with with his feud with with Bret Hart uh, of pulling a championship out. Uh, one, uh, two. He was a two-time World Tag Team Champion in WCW, and of course, you know, two-time uh, GWF North American Heavyweight Champion, and also a television championship run in GWF, and also a uh, one-time AWA World. Uh, tag team champion with DJ Peterson, so it's going to be a fantastic uh, interview. I'm really, really excited. Back to Raw, we got Rusev defending Curtis Axel. Rusev cutting a promo post match, and Cena coming out. AA's Rusev, and then forces Lana to give him the match. We, I mean, we, we've co- we've covered this enough. I think a bigger emphasis is on Axel Mania. Uh, you know, you know, at this, at this time, I think that. 
like I said, I wrote an article about it. Curtis Axel, you know, keep the steam with him. Have him win the uh, and a real and good job. Simon Dean is uh, is who Nova became, and uh, I still don't have any answers as far as who who is uh, his student was of the uh, the Dean, the Simon system, who was uh, the the student of the Simon system. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's a good thing for Curtis Axel to win the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. It doesn't mean anything anyways. And I think to give it a memorable spot in the card, go ahead and have Axel win, cut a promo, and then, you know, talk about how he's better than Andre the Giant, blah, blah, blah. And then Hogan comes out, goes back and forth with him, gives him a big boot if he can raise his uh, leg. And then throws him out the ring, and then there you go. Hulk Hogan does a pose down to end, end the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Otherwise, it'll just be a total waste of time. Yeah, it's a waste of time. I mean, Curtis Axel, his highlight so far has been when he was with Ryback. So he's doing the Axel Mania. Props for him for at least being able to be on TV time and the WWE investing a little bit in him. They owe it to him. His dad was yep. Mr. Perfect, crying out loud. But that doesn't make him a champion. The win to Battle Royal, I mean, that'll be a good WrestleMania moment for him. Probably go you know, unmemorable for most people watching, the spectators, smarks and everything. But give it to him. I would. Bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the type of sympathy that you have to have with the Curtis Axel. Bless his heart. Absolutely. I mean, this is really the last go. I mean, I, me and a few colleagues were tweeting about it, and this is really the last go for Curtis Axel. I was talking to, to Ryan about it as well. Just, the, you know, now or never for, for Curtis Axel. And, yeah, I mean, after this Axel mania, just let this – let this, I mean, it reminds me of Charlie Haas when – uh, they were just trying to keep put him over. They, they were just trying many, many times to put him over. And then when he started mocking people, that was probably the most charisma that we've ever seen from Charlie Haas. When he was uh, Charlito, when he was uh, uh, CHL, that was really funny. He actually beat JBL like Con out or something like that uh, when he was uh, CHL Charlie Haas uh, Layfield. I think uh, I think he impersonated Hulk Hogan too. But yeah, it was that was around the time when he was the most over when he was uh, mocking people. So I think at this point, that's what Curtis Axel needs to do with 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 Axelmania. Not just mock a bunch of people, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see how long Axelmania lasts. It would be really funny if it lasts a whole year, and then he you know is one of he gets. Eliminated next year in the Royal Rumble. That's when the clock stops. That would be really, really funny. I would, I would be, a, I'd totally be a proponent of that. So, um, good, good, good uh, comment on here. Give the Hennig family one last go. Totally agree with that. And of course, we talked about the U.S. title. You know, shenanigans. A new Day defeating Kid and Cesaro. And I've said it before. I'm a New Day fan. I. Uh, Probably because I, even as a heel, I liked Big E. 
Uh, I think Big E has a ton of talent. I think they're misusing him with the New Day uh, gimmick uh, because it just seems like it already has an expiration date. But I'm a I'm a Big E guy. I love Big E Langston. I think he's a fantastic, phenomenal talent that they are just like I said, they're just underutilizing like crazy. When he won the Intercontinental Championship from Curtis Axel, that was to me that was one of the best moments of Raw that year. He was way over at that time too. People was really getting behind uh, Big E because I remember uh, his face turn was when he started helping CM Punk, and um, it really helped him to kind of thrust himself into being a babyface. Uh, and he just has, I mean, you know, he's a he is a, a, a brick wall. And the fact that he leapfrogs and, you know, just the agility that he has for such a big guy is, is pretty impressive. And he's a really good wrestler, the suplexes that he does, and just a very, he's one of the most solid wrestlers uh, on the roster. And, man, he just really keeps getting shafted by WWE booking. I mean, I would have been okay if they would have waited until uh, now to give Big E some retribution to put, you know, to go over Rusev. I would have been okay with that. But, you know, he's with the New Day now, and I'm going to have to take it, you know, for now. I think it's funny. I think it's cheesy. But, you know, I'm still on the New Day bandwagon. I'm still a New Day train, I guess. Uh, not really bandwagon. I guess New Day train. And, uh, you know, them beating Kid and Cesaro and then really kind of helping the tag team, just kind of really develop the tag team scene yesterday. Because what you did was you had New Day defeating Kid and Cesaro, then Naomi defeating Natalia, representing the Usos, and then Los Matadores defeating the Usos. I think it was a nice sequence of showcasing the tag team, you know, matches or tag team division. Uh, I really think that we're going to see a, um, a tag team turmoil type match with the Usos and and uh, Los Matadores, Kid and Cesaro, and New Day. They'll probably throw in primetime players and the Ascension, but which is so funny because they they did their best to push the Ascension, and these guys haven't been on TV in like a couple of weeks, as far as Raw is concerned, or SmackDown, really. And so, I mean, I think it would be good to say that that was a failed, that was a, a very failed project. The Ascension, I mean, they they were doomed from the very beginning, and I really think that, uh, yeah, I I really really think that this is going to be a a a, a, a the WWE just really counting the loss on this because the Ascension is just total. It's totally totally bombed. It totally bombed. It was something that kind of looks good on paper, but when the actual product just absolutely stinks. I mean, you've seen like Shockmaster in the past, and and it's something that just <laughs> they build it up and build it up, and I mean, this one just totally bombed. I mean, no one cares anymore. I mean, but there's. The Ascension, you get, they've been gone for two weeks now. You haven't seen them, haven't heard of them, and I haven't really thought about them until you just mentioned them. So, exactly to my point, they were washed up nothing already, but they were nothing to begin with. It's just one of those things, and wrestling has a lot of them. looks great when 
you know, you think, wow, what if this, this, and this. Even the Renegade back in WCW, remember those cheesy oh, promos man. for him? And yeah, <laughs> just uh, oh. did not to be anything. So it, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel really bad for the, uh, I, I feel really bad for the Renegade because they just really jacked him up from the very beginning. I mean, just why in the world would you? I, I really, I really don't get why they would do something like that to that kid uh, at that time. Just oh, just having him be the the rechristened ultimate warrior why would you do that the undertaker had so much just popularity you know what four or five years before i think the renegade was like 95 if i'm not mistaken and he had a, i think he ended up winning a tv championship and they really wanted him to come out and be like a a cloned version of the Ultimate Warrior, like we wouldn't, like we don't know, or we wouldn't have known that that was your angle to mock or just re, or just have a really bad version of the Ultimate Warrior. And I really feel bad because the dude ended up committing suicide. Like he was so just downtrodden about just his wrestling career and the fact that he just didn't. I'm sure that there were other you know factors that were involved but from the reports that uh, I've seen over the years you know the fact that they brought him in and how he really never got to get over and then he just I mean they let him go and he really didn't get any gigs after that and just it really jacked him up mentally and he ended up committing suicide I'm like oh man I mean that's that's serious that's that is rough stuff right there to to really bring him in as the as the renegade as if this guy was going to be over and oh I mean it didn't last long at all he was it, it was really really sad I think he died he was ninety nine when he uh, when he when he passed he he, he committed suicide um, which was really sad and he just kept losing just through like ninety seven ninety eight just kept losing, man. Uh, just absolutely horrible. And had a brief stint in 2000, excuse me, had a brief stint in 1995. He defeated Arnie Anderson. But uh, only had it for, was it, I think it was like, um, I think he, I think he had it for like probably a couple months or something like that. Um. Yeah, uh, that was that was that was no good. It, it was absolutely horrible. And then and then when he well, I think it was like like th- I think it was like three months or something like that. Like uh, the yeah, I think it was like three months. He had a he had the title, so it wasn't a it wasn't a, a terrible run. Uh, he he retained it a few times. Um, so they I mean really was going to make him the guy. And then I think from what I remember seeing as far as reports, they they just ended his push when uh, W when the the Austin Warriors started to resurface or something like that. I, for, I faintly remember exactly what, what happened, but I think like the W I think like the Austin Warriors started to resurface back in '96. 
And then when he was in the WWE, like around that was around the time uh, Osborne came back. And then after that, it was just total nothingness for the the Renegade. So it was a really really sad moment for for wrestling. Just what you could do to it, it, it was just really sad what you could do to the, to someone's character. Well, I mean, that's that just what happens. I mean, it's you win some, you lose some. I mean, suicide's never the answer, obviously. But, uh, I mean, crying out loud, this guy almost was like promised the world and overnight yeah. got nothing back in return. So, I mean, it was, it was a shame. And, yeah, I remember the Warrior came back in WWE for a while in 96, but uh, uh, he beat Wrestle, or he beat Triple H at WrestleMania and feuded with yep. Gold Dust or something, or I forget. It was, yeah, it was it memorable. Yeah, it was gold. Yeah, it was gold. It was a very memorable one. It's true. It was a very memorable one. It's feud. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, man. Just promised them the world, but just didn't didn't deliver on it for sure. Bray Wyatt in-ring promo. Uh, before we get to that, next question is, who is the longest U.S. champ in WWE history? Who was the longest United States champ in WWE history? And who was the second longest United States champion in WWE history? Bray Wyatt in-ring promo. Um, another Bray Wyatt in-ring promo about The Undertaker. Uh, knowing that we're uh, less than three weeks away from the WrestleMania 31. I guess this was a good time to, you know, kind of bring The Undertaker in the fold, which we did. Not a live version of The Undertaker, because as I reported before, they're going to wait until WrestleMania to actually bring him out, which I'm okay with. But we get uh, some mind games playing, we get some lightning, we get some, you know, some 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 uh, eerie Titantron stuff. The man, uh, the man is coming, and the man. The man comes around. That's what that's what it was. The man comes around, and so basically, it's a confirmation that he'll be there. So, so Taker versus Brock Lesnar. We'll see it. Um, we'll see what happens. But if Bray if Bray Wyatt beats the Undertaker, I, I really don't know how how it feel about. I mean, it wouldn't be a good feeling. That's for sure. But. Uh, just that would just that would be totally ridiculous for Bray Wyatt to beat the Undertaker. Well, it would make no sense, and it would uh, it would do nothing for Bray. I mean, what would it do for Bray Wyatt? Like a, a big big shot, big main event, or however. In the long run, it's, he's still going to be Bray Wyatt. I mean, the Undertaker, yeah. he's got to win this. If this is the last appearance, last WrestleMania, that's fine. But he has to go over. And Bray Wyatt wouldn't really benefit much from it in the long run that I could see or make it even believable that this guy could beat The Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Last we get Roman Reigns defeating Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. We talked about that. Orton refusing a Rollins tag, assaulting Rollins post-match. Um, you know, like like we said, just a, a good way to, you know, keep Orton as a heel uh, bring a uh, a twist to his character, so just very interesting. Um, 
uh, of what they're going to do with Randy Orton and and just uh, like I said, you know, just build them up, build them up to to have Rollins go over at uh, at WrestleMania for sure. Uh, again, the trivia question on deck is: Who is the longest U.S. champ in WWE history, and who is the second longest U.S. champion in WWE history? Flavor of the week coming up. It is now time for the flavor of the week. WrestleMania two. Big old battle royal with uh, WWE, at the time WWF people, and NFL people. Uh, 20-man battle royal, uh, that was the time where it was at, uh, it was at Nassau, it was at uh, Ros- Rosemont Horizon, and also the L.A. Uh, Memorial Sports Arena. Uh, so you had New York, Chicago, and L.A., uh, Rosemont, Illinois, close enough to Chicago, um, and then so so the the battle royal, twenty man battle royal. Uh, you had uh, you had Tony Atlas in that, Jim Brazil, uh, Harvey Martin. I remember Harvey Martin. For those who don't remember who Harvey Martin was, I remember Harvey Martin uh, hosting the. Um, the GWF classic shows. They would have like a, a GWF classic type of thing of just kind of recalling some previous years. And uh, it would be Harvey Martin and Skandor Akbar as the as the host for that show. I remember Harvey Martin. Uh, the, Heart, the Heart Foundation was a part of it. Stud, uh, William Refrigerator Perry, Iron Sheik. Uh, of course, Bill Fralick is uh, a, a real popular uh, NFL uh, legend. Uh, the uh, Killer Bees were, were part of it. Pedro Morales, uh, Ted Arcidi, uh Hillbilly Jim, Ernie Holmes, King Tonga, Jimbo uh, uh, Covert. And, of course, you have uh, the Iron Sheik and Bruno San Martino was a part of that Royal Rumble as well. And Dan Spivey, I remember Dan Spivey, the uh, one of the one of the biggest one of the picks that they show of that WrestleMania two battle royal. I remember Dan Spivey being in the middle of that picture with his yellow trunks on and his blonde hair. So uh, it, it was a it was a pre- it was a pretty bad Royal Rumble to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, you know it made it made Andre the Giant. Um, even more famous. You know what's so crazy about that? That that battle royal was under ten minutes long. That's that that goes to show how bad that Royal Rumble was. And oh, Andre the Giant defeated. Uh, he I remember him eliminating Bret Hart was the last person to go out. The Hart Foundation were both uh, in there. That they were the last three people. Uh, with Andre, and then uh, uh, Russ Francis from uh, the NFL, he got uh, eliminated by the Hart Foundation, and then the Hart Foundation was in there last with uh, with Andre the Giant, and uh, Andre was a babyface at the time, and Hart Foundation were heels, and he uh, and Har- and Andre eliminated both of them. Um, he eliminated Jim uh, Jim Neidhart and uh, 
about 10 minutes later, he um, eliminated on, uh, uh, Bret Hart. But yeah, I mean, that, the, the, it was it was a pretty bad Royal Rumble that lasted less than 10 minutes, but it was one of the most marquee moments for Andre. They they, they always play video packages of that, and just Andre the Giant just raising his hand and. Um, so yeah, I mean that was his moment in the, uh, for for that WrestleMania. Yeah, I can agree. Uh, he pretty much said it all. I mean, there was Bill Fralick. One thing I remember about him, I mean, he was with the Atlanta Falcons back then, and uh, he had a promo with Big John Stud. And he kept calling him the Dud. You know, Big Stud yeah. was getting upset, pointing the finger at him and everything. And uh, Fralick, he was tall. I think he was just as tall as Stud, and just kind of went eyeball to eyeball and. Acted all tough, but I can see why they do it. Cross promotion, that's great. The NFL, and they've done it previous other times. So I mean, it's, it's a good thing. It was a showcase, is what it was. It was a filler, but it was a it was a WrestleMania moment for everyone involved, I suppose. Absolutely, fantastic show. Once again, as we say all the time, ninety minutes is never enough. I don't see an answer. Let's see, uh, chat room. No, we don't see anything from. Uh, we got a caller coming in. Give give us thirty seconds of what you have to say, uh, caller. Um, what do you got? Thirty seconds. Oh man, I, I just called in. I, it's my first time here, and I hope uh, John Cena becomes heel. I know this might be outside the subject, but I hope John Cena becomes uh, a heel after WrestleMania. Oh, what's your name, sir? Rich. Rich, as in Richard. Rich, Rich, thanks for calling in, man. Uh, uh, be sure to call in next week and, and tune us tune us next week. We're actually um, uh, finishing up the show, but uh, we had a few call callers in, but uh, definitely wanted to uh, put you on the line because uh, um, it's your first call, and, and thanks for calling in, man. So John Cena's a heel, huh? Uh, I hope so. I, I, I hope they push him in that direction. I think he'll win a lot more people over than what people expect. Oh, Probably even more. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. <laughs> thanks, right thanks for calling in. Have a good, have a good night. Oh, that's a that's a topic to talk about next uh, next week. John Cena as a heel. Uh, very very interesting. Thanks for calling in, Rich. Until next week, that wraps our show up. Dean Ambrose was the longest champ. MVP is number two. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Goodbye.